Welcome to the Alcohol Freedom Podcast, where we are bringing you a modern and judgment-free conversation about how we relate to our drinking habits. I'm Michelle Kapler, and you've got episode 21. Hi, friend. Thanks for being here. It's January 19th today, and this is the day when research says it's statistically most likely that people will give up their New Year's resolutions. They've done research on this, and they found that January 19th is the most common day when people quit. I think that's really interesting. So how are you doing so far with your 2022 goals? Are you a person who makes New Year's resolutions? Personally, I'm not. I am deeply interested in self-development and involvement and creating new habits, but I tend to be of the mind that there's no perfect time to start, and it might as well be now which means I don't wait till January or Monday or the beginning of the month. I think people sometimes think it's going to be different in some perfectionist, neat and tidy way to start on the first of the year or the first of the month or the first day of the week. But really, in my opinion, the date doesn't mean anything. Your brain is still your brain and your thoughts are still your thoughts. And it's going to be hard no matter what going to be hard no matter when you start. The process and the outcome will be 50% joy and fulfillment and 50% suffering regardless of the date. So I always recommend just starting today. So today, I want to continue our conversation about managing urges. I want to give you a tool that I use with my clients when we are working on changing their drinking habits. Last week on the podcast, we talked about urges and doing urge work in the context of alcohol use. Obviously, that's why you're here. I told you all about how I've been experimenting a bit in my own life by deliberately putting myself in situations where I know I would have urges to drink come up just to see what would happen in my brain. Because two years into this work, I just don't get urges to drink all that often. It happens maybe once every few months. And this is very different than when I first started doing this work. I used to be a person who thought about drinking all the time. I used to think about it every single day. It constantly occupied my thoughts, whether it was that I was actually drinking or nursing a hangover or beating myself up because I had a hangover or adding alcohol to pretty much every occasion or everyday thing. That's how much it was in my mind and on my brain all the time. Now, I barely think about it at all. Now, I hardly ever get urges to drink. And last week, we talked about learning the skill of allowing urges and how that's a huge part of changing your drinking habits. I talked about what an urge is and where it comes from. And then I talked about what it's like to allow an urge to be in your body. And if you haven't listened to this episode, I highly recommend going back and hearing it. I'll just put it in the show notes so you can find it easily. And if you're looking for the number, it's episode 20. So when thinking about allowing urges in order to rewire our brains and create sustainable and lasting habit change, people will ask me, how long until things begin to change? Will it always be this hard? And when will I start to feel better? And a lot of the time, people start to feel better in some ways almost immediately. But it is work. It isn't easy or fun. In fact, most of the time, it's pretty boring and kind of annoying and tiresome in the day to day. But what I tell my clients is that if they can allow a hundred of these urges, it will create 
major shifts in their brain, both neurologically and psychologically. Now, it's not like you get to a hundred times and it magically changes everything and unicorns dance in the sky and rainbows descend from the heavens. For some people, things really shift before a hundred. And for some, it takes a little bit more than that. But a hundred is what we aim for. And in most cases, if you can intentionally allow an urge a hundred times, you will be in a very different spot than when you first started. And that often brings up a reaction like, oh, are you serious? I have to feel this way a hundred times. And I get it. It can be very overwhelming to think about a challenge like that in this way. And this is where the urge jar comes in. When we are allowing an urge to be in our body, And to review, allowing an urge is kind of like sitting in the dentist chair and waiting for the needle of numbing medication. We know it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's certainly better than the alternative of feeling the dentist drilling our tooth. So we sit in the chair while the dentist makes small talk with us and is getting the needle ready. We breathe. We know it's coming. And what we don't do is we don't get up and run out of the room. This would be like avoiding the urge and having the drink because we know that running out of the room won't make the cavity go away. It's still there. And it's like that with our urges too. What we also don't do is we don't grab the dentist's arm to prevent the injection from happening. We don't punch the dentist in the face. We don't tell the dentist that the needle shouldn't hurt and something's going terribly wrong because the needle is uncomfortable. This would be more like resisting the urge. We just lay back in the chair we open up our mouth, we breathe, and allow the discomfort to exist in our body. And it usually doesn't hurt as much as we think it will, and it usually doesn't last as long as we anticipate. So when we apply this approach to allowing our urges to drink to be in our bodies, at first glance, it probably seems like a pretty terrible idea because yes, it is uncomfortable. Yes, it takes intention and effort, especially in the beginning. We are essentially denying our brain a reward that it's used to getting consistently every time you drink. When we're not going for the thing that gives us a huge rush of dopamine and other pleasurable neurotransmitters, it doesn't feel good to do this. So this is where the urge jar comes in. When I'm doing this work with my clients, I have them get a jar with a hundred glass or plastic beads. And every time they allow an urge, they put one of the beads in the jar. I know it might sound a little silly and kind of childish, but I want you to hear me out. Our human brains like seeing progress. Our human brains like checked boxes. Our human brains like seeing progress add up in a very visual way. And every time you add a bean or a bead, I said bean, but I had instructed beads but I guess you could use beans too. And every time you add a bean or a bead to the jar, your brain gets a little reward. And this can help to begin to build the positive neural pathways that reinforce the habit of allowing an urge to be there in your body. Of course, putting a bead or a bean in a jar is not going to feel the same way as your first glass of wine at 5 p.m. does. Your brain is wired to think that the substances like alcohol or processed sugar or social media or any of these things that we form addictive habits with are actually necessary to stay alive. So a bead is obviously not going to have the same effect in our brain, but that's okay. We're not going for habit replacement here. 
we still need to learn the skill of allowing urges and all of the other uncomfortable feelings that are normal to experience as a human. But the urge jar can kind of hack and expedite the process of changing the habit within our neural pathways. And the truth is that it doesn't have to be a jar with beads or beans. It can be anything. It can be a bucket of pine cones, a wall with rainbow sticky notes, a sheet of paper with a grid with a hundred boxes and just putting stickers on it. Anything that will allow your brain to visually see your progress every time you allow an urge. This will reinforce the new skill you are building. What do you think of this concept? Are you going to try it? It doesn't just apply to drinking. You can use it to change your habits and manage your urges in any context. Maybe you want to look at your urges for processed sugar. Maybe you want to examine your relationship with social media or online shopping or overworking. Yep, that's a thing. Lots of people work to buffer over their anxiety. I would say half my clients do that actually. If you try it, if you try this urge jar, I want to hear how it goes for you. I want to see your urge jars and buckets and walls and grids. You can find me on Instagram at Michelle Kapler and send me a photo via DM or tag me in your post. And if you want to take your urge work one layer deeper, you're going to want to sign up for my seven-day alcohol freedom experiment. It's a little video series and it's totally free. You can head on over to michellekapler.com and grab your spot today. I'll also put the link in the show notes. I want to thank you for showing up every week and for listening to my short and sweet little episode today. I'm going to be back next Wednesday with another episode. And until then, you've got this, my friend.